You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the 2004... I technically it's a teen drama or just a drama i'm not really sure yeah um first daughter starring katie holmes mark is it blucas blancas blucas i don't know how to say his last name first one sounds right cool and michael keaton (laughs) but before we get into that chelsea how was your week actually busy for once and well by busy i mean i watched a lot of things Oh, boy. Um, So Eamon has been very much wanting to watch a lot of, like, new content because we've been kind of, like, stuck into watching older shows. And he, like, he's, like, he keeps going on Twitter and he, like, can't read anything because he hasn't watched anything. (laughs) So he's, like, I need to catch up. (laughs) So first we watched Unbelievable, which is a new show on Netflix Uh, about a true story and it was very very good like I don't want to like get into too much details of it just because sensitive topics but um fantastic we watched it in one night it was eight episodes (laughs) but like yeah I know we we like sat down at like I think it was like five o'clock at night and then just watched it till like midnight. But it didn't feel like it. Like it didn't feel like it was eight episodes long. Like when we finished it, I was like, oh, is it 10 o'clock? Oh, no, it's midnight. Okay, we need to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was very, very good. It's a hard watch, but it's like worth it. Okay. Yeah, but there is like definite trigger warnings, like for sure, like before you watch it. Just read the description, you know. Um, the next show we watched, we tried, we tried to like balance it with like dark show comedy, dark show comedy. So the next one is Dairy Girls. I don't know if you've heard of Dairy Girls. I have. Yeah. It's a comedy. It's a, well, technically it's been made over here, but it's a comedy set in Northern Ireland in the nineties during the troubles. And (laughs) Everyone's been telling me to watch this. It's just for some reason like, we just haven't gotten around to it. But like even people from like back home, like like my old coworkers from back from California were like, have you been watching Dairy Girls? This show's amazing. And I was like, I haven't. But yes, nice. <laughs> it was like the biggest thing around here when it came out because um, it was like Channel 4's biggest comedy since Father Ted, which is like you wouldn't really probably know Father Ted is unless you were from here, but it's like a huge show. Um, it's like an old comedy about a priest. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, as you do here in Ireland, but uh, it's very, very funny. The accents are so dead on everything. Like if you want to like truly get a feel for how people live in Northern Ireland, you watch this show. It's, <laughs> And, like, they deal with all of the, like, Catholics versus Protestants and, like, kind of, like, the trouble, especially with dairy. Dairy, depending on who you ask, is they either call it dairy or London dairy. Obviously, if you call it London dairy, you are probably aligned with Protestants. If you call it dairy, you are probably aligned with Catholics. It's very political, even to this day, like, thing. Got it. Um, but it's cool because, like, they filmed some parts in Belfast. So, like, at one part, I'm like, oh, that's in Belfast. That's near Castle Court. Like, I know, like, the different locations. And so it's cool. Um, it, very, very good. It's, like, six episodes long, two seasons. So very easy to binge through. Uh, the next thing we watched is Bill Gates' documentary, which we it was a recommendation from my dad. And we just, like, thought it would be interesting and sat down and watched it in one night as well. It's just all about like Bill Gates life and career, as well as like the three big projects he's working on. 
at the minute. Like one is uh, trying to eradicate polio. One is to um, try to get like eco-friendly, sustainable toilets in third world countries that like have no like proper sanitation programs, you know, like, like they don't have like, you know, pipes running through the ground and like proper Mm -hmm. toilets and all that. But, um, it's like to make it where it's not going to cost them a lot. It's going to like get rid of waste for them as well as like be sustainable and like producing energy, that kind of thing. And I forget what the third one is. It's always, you always forget the third one when there's three or something, but it's really, really good. Um, you learn like a lot about his life and whatnot, as well as like these very, you know, cool projects he's working on. You also just like learn the fact that he's like crazy, crazy smart and like, duh, obviously, but like this, this guy like reads crazy fast. He carries like 20 books on him at all times. And he just reads like so, so fast with like 90% comprehension. And I'm like, that is goals. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'm just saying. Uh, and then the la- we watched a couple of other things, but I'll talk more about them like next week, just because we only watched one episode and we'll probably watch more of them next week. Uh, but the last thing we watched was eighth grade, the movie. Um, it did not come out in theaters here, or if it did, mm-hmm. it was very, very difficult to watch or like find. Um, it may have been in like the queen's, uh, tiny theater, but we we, it was hard for us to find to watch, but it is very good. It came out on, on uh, Blu-ray here, which is very rare as well. Small movies like that, like tend to never come out on Blu-ray here. They tend to go just like just DVD, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating, especially if it's a movie you really like and you're like, I want this on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Even I are very snobby about that. We're like, oh, only on DVD. Like <laughs> we just. Okay. It's ridiculous. We are. No, but um it's very, very good. It's uh it's basically a movie about an eighth grader and an eighth grade girl. And the whole time you're just cringing because that's how it is to be a thirteen year or thirteen year old girl. You're just mm-hmm. ab- it's absolute cringe all the time and awkwardness. So that's it. Katie, what have you been up to? <laughs> What was that? No. Sorry, it's my laptop just like blaring for a minute. All right. right. Um, Well, I went to the opera with Brian on Sunday. Yeah, we went and saw La Boheme. So, like, I saw a legit, like, famous opera. Nice. Um, It was beautiful. Like, the music and the singing and everything was, like, beautiful. However, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they did this like minimalist, weird, like set design, okay. which like kind of took away from the impact of the show a little bit. Hmm. And like, cause Brian's seen it before and he saw it with like a full set. Yeah. And he was like, it was amazing. And he goes, it was way better then than it was now. So, like, La Boheme is actually, like... Like, if you've seen Rent, it's the yeah. same concept. It's exactly the same. So, like, Rent is basically based off of La Boheme. Makes sense. Because it takes, it takes place, like, instead of them all dying of, like, having HIV or AIDS, like, they've got consumption. Because <laughs> that's what was common during that time frame. Yes. Um, But... I mean, it was very well done. I just didn't like the set design very much, so it kind of took away a little bit from that. But there was one scene where there was just so much going on the stage, going on on the stage, you were just like, like, there was, like, oh, what do I look at? Do I look at the people that are the main cast, or do I look at some sort of, like, weird thing going on on the right side of the stage? Like, there was so much happening that it was hard to, like, focus on. Yeah. But... At least I didn't fall asleep. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
I did have some weird, creepy old guy, like, point at me and say he really liked my dress while staring at me weird, which made me really uncomfortable. So that was great. Also made Brian super uncomfortable. He was like, what was that about? And I was like, I don't know, but that was weird. And also that man was wearing cargo shorts at the opera. (laughs) You should have been like, oh, hey, I don't like your shorts. (laughs) And then just walk away. (laughs) Yeah, it was not great. Um, but I, I'm going to save my, my funny story for the end of my stuff. I okay. feel like, yeah. Cause I have a funny story. Um, I've been reading a lot of webtoons, like just keeping up. Yes. A lot. And, uh, I talked to Mimi about it like all the time, like every you Tuesday. You can talk to me. Oh girl. I had no idea you were I, reading them too. I, of course. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, every Tuesday I message Mimi and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, it's today. I was like, it's true beauty day. And she's like, I know. And I was like, we're counting down until like, do you read that one? Yes. Are you, yes. Are, are you up to date on it? Yes. Oh my God. That is the one webtoon that like, as soon as I wake up, I read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The the last the last panel in the last episode. I'm like freaking out. Okay. Yes. Anyways, um, so I also read this one webtoon called I Love You. Yes, and it finally came back. Yeah, I was on hiatus and did you read the latest? There's no. I have I literally that's the no, only notification I have left on my phone <laughs> because I'm waiting okay. and reminding myself to read it tonight. Okay. Um this last episode, it made me really upset. Oh, no. Like, I wanted to talk about it, but I'll wait for you to read it. And then okay. we can talk about I'm it. so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Like, I was messaging Mimi about it, and we were both like, because it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, oh, no. the episode, yeah. You'll have to message me after you read it. Yes. Anyways, so sorry to leave everyone in suspense. You'll have to wait till <laughs> next week. Um, and then before we started podcasting, Chelsea and I were talking about all of the stuff that's happening in the K-pop world that's coming out in October because everybody and their mom is apparently coming out with a new album and a whole new group that we've been anticipating is also debuting in October too, which is huge. And it's, I just, I thought I told, I told her, I was like, maybe I should just give choice my card and be like, just charge me when this stuff comes out because I'm going to be here or like set me up a cot to like sleep on because I'm going to be here so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're like, hi, can you cre- uh, get me a parking space out front? Uh, <laughs> basically, no. you know just because I mean? like everyone's coming out with a new album. It's ridiculous. Like I'm really excited, but also like. There are other months in the year. Like, why is everybody doing stuff in October? It feels like the summer when everyone announced their concert tours for only, like, oh, by the way, we're going on tour, but only in May, June, and July. Like, that's it. (laughs) And, like, for, like, the listeners who are like, okay, but, like, how many is a lot? It's, like, ten groups. Yeah, it's, it's and it's big ones too. So yeah. like BTS is coming out with a new album. Uh, the other co- the other group that's on the big hit label, which is Tomorrow by Together, mm-hmm. is finally coming out with their second album, which they've been pushing back. ATs is releasing their first full length album mm-hmm. to finish up the uh, the Treasure series that they've been doing. So there's that. Then AB6 is coming out with an album. One Us is coming out with an album. Stray Kids is supposedly coming out with one. Monster X announced yesterday they were coming out with a new album. So that's seven already. And those are just the groups that we listen to. I'm pretty sure there's more there that are we more. don't. Oh, and Flying announced they're coming oh, out yeah. with a new album too. So that's eight. And then uh, Super M, which is a new group, is debuting in like a week. Yeah. Or something, and with their obviously like releasing an album, so that's like nine, and then I'm sure I miss someone. We're we're gonna be broke the whole next month. I'm I'm probably sure I miss somebody, but anyways, sure. so that's happening. Um, I received some of the best mail ever this week too, um, from Motley Peacock which is the wife of one of our listeners, DJ Pimp Daddy. Yeah. Um, and it's a BT, it's a handmade BTS, like, drink tumbler, and it is beautiful. Yes. Like, 
so beautiful. It's sparkly and colorful and oh, it's beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. It is. And on top of that, they sent uh, (laughs) DJ like told her to put something specific in the box for me as a joke. And it was the best thing ever. And it's literally like a printed out photo of Keanu Reeves. And it says, you're breathtaking. (laughs) I started laughing so hard when I opened the box and this was staring at me. That's so funny. That's amazing. I I was dying. I was, I think I'm going to take it to my office because it's in like a little plastic sleeve now. Yeah. And I'm going to like put it on my desk. Absolutely. <laughs> like on my, like, mag- like use magnets to hang it on my file cabinet probably. Yeah. So Keanu can tell you're breathtaking every day. Right? Heck yeah. Right? Um, and then I got pins in the mail, which was really great. I was, uh, and I got some fan art which i need to show you which i didn't show you oh yeah yet uh which i'll show you later yeah it's really pretty um and then uh, j-hope from bts dropped a song and music video yesterday at like three in the morning and collab with uh, becky g with becky g and the song is called um uh, chicken noodle soup and it's a cover like, they covered the song. They did, like, basically, like, a remix, and it's amazing, and the video yeah. is crazy. Like, they wrote their own verses for part of it, but they the hook yeah. is from the original. Yeah, and um, it's a hip-hop song. It is not a K-pop song, and it's sang in English, Korean, and Spanish. Yeah. So it's, like, really, really exciting, and J-Hope gets to, like, highlight how much of an amazing dancer he is and rapper and, like... Honestly, they this collab was like one of the best possible collabs you could have. It was like, like, it was incredible. It was number one in like seventy. It was like seventy two countries. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And it was also like it's, the fast. It I think it was also ended up being the fastest views in twenty four hours, even with YouTube's like new rules on that. Yeah, oh, it was man. it was crazy. But hilariously, I was trying. <laughs> so something happened with this video with me. So what happened was is that I shared the video in the the Geek to Geek Network Slack, like for Troy, because Troy was having a bad day. So I was like, hey, bro, watch this video. It's really fun. Yeah. Right. And I was also working and like I had switched over to back to my work Slack and I um, was dealing with like something was broken. So I was trying to send <laughs> a link to the broken thing to an a soft, to like a, one of our front end engineers so he could look at it. And I like typed it up and I hit <laughs> control V to paste it and didn't wait for the link to finish pasting before I just smacked enter. <laughs> Turns out didn't send the link of the broken report thing i sent this music video (laughs) (laughs) and it went into a chat with like 15 people which was like engineers my boss product (laughs) managers like a bunch of people and i was like holy crap and i immediately like edited it i should have just deleted the message but i didn't but i edited it replaced the link with the new link and hit enter but the thing was is that in slack it links like the actual like video yeah with it so like it's big and i was like and that was still there so i like hit <laughs> x to close it and then i put a comment below that that said lol i did not mean to send that youtube <laughs> video with the like picard with his hand over his face like the picard face palm yes emoji and then erwin goes was that a link to the bts video like the new one and i was like Yes. And then I put the shushing. Yeah. The shushing face. And then my boss is comments below that and just puts, I'm dying. <laughs> God. You've been and called then, out. And then our product manager was like, I feel like I'm on the outside of some sort of inside joke that's going on. And I was like, stay out of this, Charmy. <laughs> You're like, I've been exposed. It's fine. We're moving on. And I was just like, stop it. Shh, everyone. Like, I couldn't believe that happened. 
But, okay, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is um, I got a little passive-aggressive about something um, on Twitter yeah. because Erwin, who's one of my very close friends, uh, forgot my birthday. <laughs> yes. And uh, he sent me a text asking me if I wanted to go to Wine Wednesday, and I was like, oh. So I, like, tweeted... Got a text from my supposed best... Like, no, I said two of my best friends, like, didn't wish me a happy birthday. That's fine. Like, not a big deal, right? Right? Being well, real passive-aggressive about it. Yeah. It was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. Yeah, I was going to say, you're like, not a big deal, but also a big deal. <laughs> but also a big deal, right? So then he sends me the text, asking me to wine Wednesday, because, like, him and his girlfriend were moving across the country and are settling on the West Coast. Like, oh. in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um... Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he lives too far. He was living too far away. Yeah. Anyways, so he sent me that text and then another text. And I was like, got two messages from my, like, best friend. But neither of them was an apology for missing my birthday. And I just wrote, that's fine. <laughs> and tweeted it. Right. And one of my coworkers commented on it and she was like, girl, I'm buying you two drinks at the holiday party. She's like, I'm going to make up for this. Like, it wasn't even about her. Right. Yeah. Um, so Connor had wished me happy birthday on Monday, the 16th, like the day after my birthday. Yeah. Right. And then Joel did the same thing because like they were both there, like busy traveling, whatever, like day after whatever. Happy belated birthday. Oh, my God. I can't like. Yeah, that's fine. But it had been, like, four days and still nothing yeah. from him. So it had been almost a week, right? And I tweeted that after the second message. And apparently, this is what I was told from Irwin himself, that Connor saw the message, sent it to both Joel and Irwin, and said, which one of you dirtbags forgot? <laughs> Way to go, Connor. And Erwin was like, oh my god, that's me. Because it was very clear who it was about without actually, like, saying who it was. Yeah. Because, honestly, I was hoping he would see it and figure it out. Like, it yeah. was me calling him out without actually doing it. Yeah. I'll be passive-aggressive about it. So he, like... <laughs> Connor sent him that, and he realized it was him. He sent me this big, long apology text message, <laughs> like Irwin did, <clears throat> right? But then Connor apparently sent him a Amazon listing for a book called How to Be a Good Friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like to take this moment to personally send a shout out to Connor, who <laughs> is an incredible friend. Yes. And one of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh my God, that is brilliant. <laughs> And how much I love you. Way I to go, Connor. So much. <laughs> um, but Erwin realized he screwed up real bad, and he was in town for about a week, and he, him and his girlfriend spent the entire week making it up to me, which was way more than I ever expected <laughs> and appreciate. I had dinner with Erwin, and then we went to Wine Wednesday, had lunch one day, and then yesterday he took me to Highland Park Bowl, which oh. is this, like, fancy old-school bowling alley in Highland Park. It's one of the oldest bowling alleys in Los Angeles. Um, and we also went out to dinner. So I spent a lot of time with Laura, his girlfriend, nice. and Erwin. Laura's amazing. Erwin more than made up for it. Nice. Like, just don't forget, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're all a simple Whatever. text. Could have got you yeah. out of all this. But no, they were loving the fact that I'm super into K-pop because, like, Irwin's really into, like, Japanese anime. And he's, like, really into all of that stuff. So he, like, loves that I'm into K-pop. They wanted to go to Choice on Wednesday, so I took them. Very good. They made. They were like, you have to open these albums that you got at the table at Wine Wednesday so we can look at what's inside. And they got really excited about it and all this stuff. So it was, like... An experience. Cool. But yeah. But shout out to Connor. Yes. You're amazing. Oh my God. And I love you very much. And I miss you. And I can't wait for you to come back. Because you're on traveling. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's all I got for that. So don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the geek to geek podcast. Geek-titude, uh, Beige's super cool podcast that's been on the network for a short while, but... 
I keep forgetting to talk about it, and so do you. And it's mostly my fault, which is Dragon Quest FM, which is oh, pretty cool. Yes. And sometimes Rob with Rob. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch stream so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games, talk about nerd stuff, and, stuff, and keep listening now for a promo for all the shows on the network. Hey, geeks. This is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the geek to geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week... Keep it geek. And we're back. So as we mentioned before, I've talked for like 20 minutes about my life. Uh, we will be talking about the 2014 drama. Well, it's it's a part of our it's a part of our new series, Katie. We're going to cover oh. all the <laughs> all the great movies of 2004. <laughs> Basically, I mean, we're on a roll right now, Cause, to be honest. Like, I was flipping through Amazon Prime, and I saw First Daughter, and I was like, oh, I really like that movie, and I just happened to click over it, and I was like, 2004? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, yeah. I got a new movie for us. <laughs> and I actually own this on DVD, so nice. I watched it this morning. Um so we're going to be talking about the teen drama First Daughter, um, which was directed by Forrest Whitaker, yeah. which I had did not even realize until I saw it. I was like, movie by Forrest Whitaker. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah, I was also shocked by that. I was like, yikes. This movie has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which so is probably not. Which is not a good start for Forrest Whitaker, but... Um, I'm all about those movies that are directed by random actors that are not great, like Staying Alive, which is the sequel to uh, Saturday Night Fever, which was directed by Sylvester Stallone. So, <laughs> yikes. Yes. Anyways, so this movie was written by Jessica Bendinger and Kate Condell, and it stars Katie Holmes, Mart Blucas. Amirie? Amir. Amory? I'm really it's bad at pronouncing names, everyone. It's probably Amory, uh, Michael Keaton, and Margaret Collin. Yes. Okay, this is like, which was hilarious. I was telling somebody I was going to watch, like, talk about this movie, and I was like, it's like Joey and Riley, so it's a Buffy meets... <laughs> Dawson's Creek crossover. Dawson's Creek crossover right now, because... Yeah. It definitely has nothing to do with either of those things, but it sounded good. No, it did. So, <clears throat> Samantha McKenzie, the daughter of the President of the United States, who is played by Michael Keaton, and I kind of need him to be my president because yeah. Michael Keaton. 
uh, arrives at college with a group of Secret Service agents. Samantha, however, resents her their presence and decides she wants to attend school just like a normal student. Her father agrees to recall the agents, but secretly assigns James, played by uh, Mark Lucas, an undercover agent to pose as a student. They fall in love, but their romance is jeopardized when Samantha learns James's true identity. Spoiler alert for that description just gave away the entire film. Well, I, the trailer kind of gives it away as well. Like, I was watching the trailer there before we recorded, and, like, they don't explicitly say that, but they, like, very much make it clear that they go from, like, dating to, to like, not trusting each other to eventually coming back together. And I'm like, wow, just, like, put the whole plot in this trailer, why don't you? <laughs> right? Um, I'm, I'm kind of, like, mad that this got an 8%, because, like, it's not bad. But it's also not good. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. But, I mean, I don't know, in 2004, like... Is this really, like, worse than, like, some of the other <laughs> similar movies? Like, okay, Chasing Liberty came out the same year. And it's, like, the <laughs> same thing. Can we please thing. talk about that one, two, later? Like, I want to cover that movie, too, because it's on my, like... <laughs> we almost should have done, like, this movie versus Chasing Liberty. Because they're very similar, but, like, very... T- I don't know. I prefer this movie. Maybe that's a controversial opinion. Um, I like this one a bit more... I will say, yeah. but I do like Chasing Liberty because it's like, it's like Katie Holmes, Mandy Moore. So it's like, yeah, true. Oh, I mean, like I loved Mandy Moore when I was young. So you would think I would yeah. like that movie more, but no, I, I, I definitely preferred this movie for some reason, but, but it's got the hot guy in Chasing Liberty. It's the hot guy from Leap Year. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy. I think so. Just much younger. But yeah, this, this, I feel like this movie came out out after Chasing Liberty so everyone thought it was copying but I think this movie was made like way before 2004 it was like stuck in production hell for a while I think so I think so too yeah yeah oh my god but like Katie Holmes at her peak man that's exactly what I was gonna say I was like it was peak Katie Holmes time was during this film it's like it was perfect because like it's funny because like a lot of these like similar I was just thinking about it right now that this movie has almost the exact same plot as The Prince and Me. (laughs) Almost. Almost, yeah. Almost. Because it's like, it's like, he's a royal but is pretending to not be. Like, she wasn't pretending not to be, but like, the guy in the film was somebody he wasn't. Then there's like some sort of forbidden romance. But like, Julia Stiles and Prince and Me didn't know that that Edward was the Prince of Denmark. Like, yeah, it has a very, it has a very predictable plot. Unfortunately, do I still love it? Heck yes. (laughs) Girl, we live for these movies. That's why we watch Hallmark movies every Christmas. Yes. Duh. And I know you guys are just dying for when we cover, uh, a Christmas Prince three, the Royal baby. Oh, heck yes. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that episode. <laughs> Anyways, so let's like start talking about this film. Yes. Because we've not talked about it at all. Um, overall thoughts on this movie. I mean, I think I made it clear that I definitely like enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Same. I also really like it, obviously. <laughs> That's why we're here. Duh. Yeah. I'd like us for one day to like talk about a movie we both hate. I know. It's just so not our style, but that would be I interesting. Know. Just so negative. Yeah. Or like, like a movie that you really liked that I didn't like. That would be interesting. Uh, I know. I just hate being such a bummer on stuff. I know. I know. Anyways. Um, so what was your favorite part of this movie? I actually really enjoy watching her kind of come out of her shell. Like, I like her bonding with her roommate and mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of that experience we all go through in college where we like start to make new friends and like our worldview kind of opens up. And I think like she needed that. 
And for her to like stick up for herself and kind of like demand some change in her life. Like, I think that's really cool to see. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Katie Holmes played that well, because I feel like that kind of thing could come off very bratty, but I think Mm -hmm. for her, it came off strong. So I like that whole like part of the movie where like, you know, she's kind of like growing and sticking up for herself and whatnot. And just like her, her stuff, like with her roommate, like going down that big, like slide and like going to the pool party and like, I don't know. What about you? Um, I really like, I really like when she, like when she starts to stand up for herself. Right. Um, I like the part where she goes from where they like take her pretty quickly from the pool party at the frat house and like walk her like they deliver her to the campaign headquarters and she's like stomping through there in a bikini yeah and she was like i'm sorry i would have had on more clothes but i didn't know i was coming here yeah and just like (laughs) like comes in and liz is like oh hey (laughs) like liz is the um her dad's who's the president his like chief of staff i feel like that's who she is most likely like she's basically like his chief of staff and um she's like hey um let me see if he's free (laughs) (laughs) and she like comes in she was like she's real unhappy about everything and he was like can we talk about this later and she's like she was like you tell him that maybe i'll just stop doing the whole uh college thing and start working at hooters because i hear it's a great job Mm mm-hmm and Liz is like, uh, yeah, so she's real unhappy and, like, gives this, like, like, um, suggestion for, like, different, um, level of security with her at school. And, like, the dad comes out and he's just like, whoa. <laughs> she's in this, like, teeny tiny bikini, which is really funny. And he goes, I'm sorry, I don't have serious conversations with people in swimwear. <laughs> but... It was great because that was, like, the first time she really, like, demanded that her dad, like, make a change. She's like, I get it that you want me to stay safe and all this stuff, but, like, we need to make some changes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like it's good good that she did that. Could that happen today? I don't know. Maybe. I did, like, the part that I thought was, like, at least... Because there's a lot of misunderstanding is what it seems like between, like, the things that Sam wants and the things that, like, her father wants, like, that she doesn't seem to realize, like, on either side. And I like when she ends up having to, she basically gets forced into going home after her, like, tabletop stripper (laughs) incident. And her dad was like, do you have any idea, like, how many death threats, like, threats I get against you every day? And he goes, and as a father... Like, I couldn't stand anything ever happening to you. And he goes, and as the president, this country can't afford for anything to happen to you. And I think that's when she starts to really realize that, like, like her dad made this decision for a specific reason, and it's and it's yeah. two sided. It's, it's not because just him being overprotective. It's like for an actual genuine reason. Yeah, and he probably didn't tell her that stuff because he didn't want her to worry kind of thing. Like, I don't want you to worry about, like, oh, by the way, like, we just got eight death threats for you. Yeah, exactly. No biggie, but, like, you know, you just do your college thing. Like, no big deal. But, like, it's also, like, you can see her side of it. Like, I really like when she's out on the campaign trail and her dad is like, you're unhappy. And she's like, I'm here because... And he, what did he say? He told her, he was like, I really need you to be an adult right now is what he says. And she like immediately changes her demeanor. She's like, I am being an adult dad. That's why I'm here. Yeah. She's like, all I've ever done is done what you asked. And she was like, and you need to start treating me like an adult. That was her main thing is that like, if you want me to be an adult, that includes you treating me like one. Yeah. And not like some bratty child. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. Like, I know, like, you said how it could come off as being some sort of, like, oh, poor spoiled kid. But, like, she also says that, too, when she's talking to James, like, early on. She goes, 
I get like how it could sound like, oh, uh, oh, woe is me. Like poor me. But it's also like you don't really understand where she's coming from because you've never experienced what it is to have a life like hers kind yeah, of thing. exactly. So it sounds like, oh, poor, spoiled, rich kid, like poor, spoiled kid, but also like her life doesn't really belong to her kind yeah. of deal. And it wasn't like she made the decision to be the first daughter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was her parent, like her dad's decision to run for president and then getting elected was the people's decision. And yep. she gets picked apart every day of her life for everything that she does, what she wears, what she looks like, how she acts. Yeah. Like, her life is not her own. Um, so I, because of, like, I was thinking about, like, some of the common tropes in this movie... I was like, president's daughter gone wild, because, like, that happens in uh, Chasing Liberty and in, like, a couple other things. It's, yeah, it's kind of a similar trope of, like, daughter that has had to kind of be an adult all her life, like, decides to break out and... (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, um, do you think that, like, not to get political, but, like, do you think this is, like, you know how, like, a lot of media kind of replicates like true life is this like kind of representative of bush's daughters because weren't they constantly in the news about like being at college parties and whatnot which is like totally normal but yet we yeah (laughs) scrutinized them yeah like we or even chelsea clinton yeah chelsea clinton we heard a lot about we heard a lot about bush's kids like bush's daughter Mm -hmm. and uh i mean Sasha and Malia were very young, like Obama's kids. Yeah, they were more uh, scrutinized, like, after they left afterwards. the White House. Yeah. Yeah, so, but we don't really see a whole lot of media coverage on them because there's a whole lot of other stuff going on that's way more important. Yes. <laughs> but we're not a political podcast, so we're not going to talk about that. No, no, no. Um, but I mean, like, I'm just saying, because I feel like there were a lot of movies, like, in this, like, decade because i mean there was also uh my date with the president's daughter yeah there was this chasing liberty there's a whole like string of them because it had been a long time since i think prior to that where there were like there was the ability to have a lot of press coverage and then have kids in the white house that were like of age to be out in the world yeah was like bush's kids and then clinton Mm -hmm. like clinton and then bush and then um and then obama so like there was a lot like in that realm yeah like during that time so like 2004 was like towards the end of like heading towards like Bush's administration, like it's kind of like there's second term kind of like, thing. So. Like there's been books and movie, like a ton of books and movies about like young princes because of like, obviously Prince William and Prince Harry. Yeah. So it's like the same thing. So like, yeah. um, and also like we're seeing a lot more of this, like scrutinizing of things because like the Royal family has a lot of kids now mm-hmm. because, William Kate have a bunch of have uh, two kids and then now uh, uh, God Harry and Meghan Markle <laughs> Meghan uh, now have a child too so oh, uh, Archie I know it's so cute and like so now you're seeing a lot more stuff about like the royal family too and that's coming up a lot yeah like out in the media and stuff so like yeah. Like, I could see, like, why this just suddenly became, like, a big trope, like, right in the middle of, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But there's also, like, elements of, like, the forbidden romance, which is also a really big thing. Definitely. To, in, like, rom-coms. Well, it creates And teen tension. dramas. Yeah. Yeah, it creates tension. Yeah. It creates conflict, which can be resolved by the end. Yes. And then you've got the element of the helicopter parent, too, which is... Which I think is, like, like almost a mild version of compared to today. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's a thousand times worse now. And, you know, with good reason. Um, And then you have the whole, like, jealous roommate element, too, because, like, Mia, her roommate, is this person who's used to being the center of attention 
And then now she's roommates with somebody who is way more the center of attention, who doesn't want to be the center of attention, but has no choice. Yeah. So all the eyes are on her rather than on Mia. And you see that majorly at the pool party in like the very beginning yeah. Uh, at the frat house because Mia like jumps into the pool, makes this big grand entrance. And then like Sam is just sort of sitting in a chair away from everyone, just trying to like exist. And they start playing hail to the chief and they've got guys dancing. Yeah. And Mia's like, oh, don't mind me, just the roommate. And yeah. like, then she has that like party later on, like at the bond because of the bonfire thing. So it's just sort of like, yikes. Yes. Which we see that a lot, but yeah. Um, I feel like those are like the most common tropes in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there were some things I wanted to highlight about the movie. Basically just all of my favorite things. (laughs) Yes. That's Um, cool. The secret service agents are like one of the best parts of this whole movie (laughs) yes uh the bach and dylan is it dylan it's so it's like this balding older white dude and then this like really stoic doesn't talk at all uh black guy yeah and uh i love when mia is like hitting on Bach. She's like, because the bald guy, the bald one's kind of cute. And he was like, yeah, not going to happen. And she's like, so when they're around, like, are they going to tackle me? And he was like, also not going to happen. But I love that, like, uh, Sam is always like, you know, Dylan, you should let people talk more. Like, I just can't get a word in edgewise with you because you're just so chatty. When he, like, never says anything the entire movie until, like, the very, very end. But I really like Bach specifically because you can tell, like, he really, really cares a lot about Sam. He's probably been with her, like... Her whole life, pretty much. Well, not her whole life, but, like, probably from when they were starting to campaign. Yeah. Which would have been, like, like, five years... Like, five, Prior six years, to, depending on how yeah. far advanced they're campaigning. Yeah. And he, like... Ugh. Because, like, the part that breaks my heart the most is when Sam has her, like, breakdown while she's out running. And the look yeah. on Bach's face. Like, he wants to help her, but, like, he can't. He has to remain professional. Yeah, and the look on his face is just sort of this, like, heartbroken dad look. Like... Because he cares about her just as much as, like, her dad does. But, like, he has to remain, like, he is her Secret Service agent. Like, he has to protect her with his life. But because he spends every waking hour with her, like, you come to care about that person a lot. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. And then there's... um Mia, her roommate, who is really funny and really great. Like, she has these moments where she just, like, doesn't get it. Yeah. Like, what Sam's life is like. And she's doesn't seem to really understand until, like, they kind of have these, like, moments where she's like, oh, like, I'm starting to get it. Like, you can't always be the center of attention, but Sam's not a person who, like, runs out to be the center of attention. Um... But also, her roommate gives real bad advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, like, that's what you would expect from somebody who's supposedly, like, they're, like, 18, I'm gonna assume. Oh, yeah. Of course they have bad advice. Like. Yeah. Like, 18-year-old, like, the girl just found out that the dude that she's, like, basically, like, the first person she's really cared about a lot isn't who he said he was. Mm -hmm. And because of that... Like, her roommate was like, oh, we'll just go back like nothing happened and just treat him exactly the same. Like, no big deal. <clears throat> and then it was her roommate's, like, suggestion, how they, they dressed up as Kid Rock and Pam Anderson. Yeah. Like, and, like, then she, like, got, they, like, then she realized, she was like, oh, this is going too far. And I'm like, Mia, you push for this, girlfriend. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yes. This was not the route you should have taken, girlfriend, but also 18. Like, you yeah, have to remember 18. Exactly. Um, and James. Oh. I really liked him a lot. Yeah. Now, 
re-watching this movie, I will say, like, when he's able to just, like, take her and, like, they run away and hide, I was like, there's no way. Like, it makes total sense why that he was actually Secret Service. Oh, yeah. Because there's no way he would have been able to get out of the building with her without them knowing. Yeah. No. Like, but he was really sweet to her, and he genuinely liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. And he... Was the kind of person where she could just be Sam. Like, yeah. be herself. She wasn't Sam McKenzie, the first daughter of the United States. She was simply, like, she could be herself. And he was really sweet, but also, like, oh, my God. Like, things he could realize, he realized that things were getting, like, too close. Right? When they, like, he kissed her after they had their, like, all-day date thing. And then when she, like, basically kidnapped her roommate (laughs) and him and flew to, um, back to Washington, D.C. Yeah. And to go to that, like, campaign dinner thing. Yeah. And. Where Vera Wang shows up. (laughs) I know. And she's like, hi, it's so nice to see you. And I'm just like, get out of town. And she's like, oh, Vera. And I was like, Vera Wang, what? (laughs) Um. Oh, man, I was, I remember watching this movie for the very first time, and when he, like, picked her up after the dance thing, and, like, the car had crashed, and he's, like, running with her and the rest of Secret Service, and he, like, pulled the phone out of his pocket, deposits her into the car, and he goes, Lucky Charm is secure. My face (laughs) was the same look that she had when she couldn't believe that he was actually Secret Service. Yeah. I'm sure mine was the same because I would I would have been like pretty young or not. Well, you know, pretty young when I watched it and I would have been like <gasps> betrayed, <laughs> betrayed. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like, I mean, someone who you've been vulnerable. It's probably the first guy she's been vulnerable around probably ever. You know, she's yeah. gone through her entire high school life being the president's daughter. She probably didn't date. She or at least probably not much. So this is first yeah. person she's probably opened up to. She like said, you know, I'm never alone, but I'm always like or no, like I'm definitely lonely. Like she's that's, like, I'm, so, I'm always surrounded by Pete. She's like, you never know what it feels like to never be alone, but always be lonely. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's a hard thing to admit to someone. And mm-hmm. she was clearly falling for him and. Yeah, to, like, not know that really they've kind of been, like, a secret spy keeping an mm-hmm. eye on you is tough. Yeah. But he's Also, so cute. same thing happens in Chasing Liberty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we really um, should have done, a, like, a side-by-side comparison. <laughs> I know. Oh, well. Next oh, well. time. But... If you like this one, go see that one. <laughs> exactly. But I will say that, like, everything that happens with, like, her basically, like, finding out that the guy that she, like, really cared about and really liked turns out to not be the person that she expected. And then she sort of went, like, based on her roommate's advice, went off the deep end, which, like... Got her in trouble. Caused a lot of trouble. And the part where she was, like, out running and she just has this, like, breakdown out on the trail with, like, the Secret Service agents. And she's just crying because... She's, like, in love with James, but, like, she can't do anything about it. And then also, like, because he punched out the dude at the the bar, so now he's, like, in trouble. He's been replaced because now he's in the news as, like, her jealous secret lover yeah, kind of thing. And, like, now she has to face the consequences of her actions, and that's when her parent, like, her mom comes and is like, we've had a 3% drop in the polls as since your little table dance. And she's like, oh, you want me to join the campaign trail? She's like, oh, I'm not asking. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're coming kind of deal. Yeah. So, and she also kind of has that one realization, right, in class when they're talking about the the book and she was like it's when the prince realizes that he'll always just be a prince like it doesn't matter like who he wants to be like he's at the end of the day a prince and that's all he'll ever be and that's basically what she comes to the realization she's like I'm the first daughter 
that's who I am and that's who I will always be. Yep. Kind of thing. So that sucks. Um, but fear not, our good listeners, there is a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I will say that one of my, uh, I've always wanted to wear the dress that Sam wears at the end. The purple one. Yeah. I freaking love that dress so much. And this came out in 2004, so I was still in high school. Like, I wanted that to be my prom dress so bad. (laughs) So bad. Yes. It's, like, gorgeous, the dress she wears. But, like, her dad ends up winning the election, right? Yes. Like, he got reelected. And so they're having the, like... Inaugural ball. Yeah, inaugural ball. Um, And... She, like, had asked her dad previously if he could do something to, like, help James. Because when you're, um, when you want to, (laughs) sorry, um, when you're a Secret Service agent, like, the number one goal is to protect the first family. Yes. Like, that's your goal. Like, it's, it's not the first family, but, like, to be on the president's guard. Like, that's your goal. Yeah. And him being very young and being assigned to the first family is a big deal. Yes. And so Sam doesn't want him to lose his career over something that she caused. So she like asks her dad, like, please help him do whatever you can. Like he's a good person. He's good at his, he's good agent, like whatever. And so, although clearly not so good because he immediately. (laughs) Oh, I know. Compromised himself again. I know. I know. Great job, James. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> the inaugural ball happens, and Sam is dancing with her dad. And then I love the whole, like, spin, and, like, you see the, like, thing move, and he's just, like, standing there. Mm-hmm. Like, he's standing there in the crowd, and she sees him, and they, like, switch places so she's like, what are you doing? He goes, like, oh, I'm dancing with you. And they have this, like, super romantic in front of everyone, like, waltz well, together yes. where they, like, almost kiss a bunch of times. And at the end, he, like, tells her that, like, he gives her a key. And it's a key to this, like, beat-up old blue Volkswagen bug. And it's like it was where her was her dream, which was to yeah. like leave home to go back to go to college in her own car with a cooler that has a beer under the bologna sandwich thing. Like that's what she's always wanted. And basically, like her dad did that for her. Yeah. And he gives her the key and he's like, it's down to your exact specifications mm-hmm. of the car. And she tells him, he's like, go off and break a you know, break some rules and she tells him to keep some and to keep her dad safe. Yeah. And like, she walks away and as they're like walking away from each other, like she gets to one point and he gets to another and then they like turn and like run back to each other and she like stops and she's like, Oh, did you forget something? And he's like, yeah. And then like kisses her and it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for this this, this is real cheesy crap. Literally like, what we're here for. Oh, good. <laughs> and it's like the sweetest kiss ever. And she leaves. And then we, for the first time ever, we get to hear the one Secret Service agent talk. And he goes, I heard she'll be back in the spring. And he's like, you talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the movie ends. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> what is, I I like it. I like it. Oh, I love it. I'm here for this like really not great teen romance drama cheesiness. Yes, I'm here for it. It's my favorite kind of movie. Absolutely. Uh, 2004, the pinnacle years of <laughs> cheesy romance <laughs> for teenagers. Yes, so good. All right. Well. Any last thoughts? Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely go see it. If you haven't seen it in a while, I recommend rewatching it because it's fun. It's always fun to go back, I think, and watch 
movies like this. I agree on all of those things. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, then. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc or at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. The invite links for those will be in the show notes. And you can also email us at teawithkc at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcast app. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek Media Network by visiting geek to geekmediacom The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes. And until next time, bye! bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.